Welcome to Vintage Weights PGH Podcast. This is Rob, and I am fortunate to have Carlos, otherwise known as Golden Era Bookworm, with me today. How's it going, Carlos? Yeah, pretty good, man. Pretty good, Rob. So, uh, thanks for uh, having me uh, on, and uh, yeah, I don't really get on many podcasts, but uh, thanks for the invite. Well, I wanted to speak with you because I've been following you for a while. I'm subscribed on your YouTube channel, Golden Era Bookworm. And then on Instagram, you post some really cool stuff too. And I've learned a lot of uh, just interesting <laughs> background information and history from watching your YouTube videos. I've listed them as sources on some of my own um, content that I've produced and things of that nature. So listeners and viewers, if you've ever checked out my sources in the description of my videos, you may have noticed Golden Era Bookworm. And if you're unaware of Golden Era Bookworm, just get out there and follow him. So what I wanted to speak with you primarily about today, Carlos, was your recent involvement with the new Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary on Netflix. So it's a three-part documentary, and listeners, if you haven't seen it yet, in my humble opinion, it's spectacular. Of course, I'm biased. I mean, anything with Arnold is going to be fun. But I just thought I learned some things. I saw things I already knew, but I also learned some things I didn't know. And in my book, that's a pretty good view. So I gave a little background on you, Carlos, but could you give even more background before we jump into the Arnold doc? Like, how did you get into all of this? Yeah, well, um, you can see the library behind me. (laughs) That's just part of it. But it all starts with, I mean... You know, the affinity with bodybuilding, of course. Uh, That started kind of, I would say, apparently, my my dad tells me that as a kid, and I do remember this, running home from school, uh, I was born in the 70s, and um, I was watching Lou Ferrigno as the Incredible Hulk on TV. Um, And so I'd come home after school and watch the Incredible Hulk and then start doing most musculars in front of the TV, you know. (laughs) stuff like that and tell my dad i'm gonna be big and strong one day you know uh somehow that got kind of lost in there because uh i only rediscovered that feeling after watching arnold schwarzenegger as uh in the in the predator film that was my first real exposure i mean i'd seen um all the kids at school talking about now now we're talking me in my early teens about the terminator but you know being a kid and my parents not being that you know, being a bit protect- protective, they they didn't let me watch that. Yeah. <laughs> first exposure was Predator. And I just remember seeing Arnold's arms. I was like, my God. I think me too. I think that was my first Arnold film as well. Yeah. And, and you know, um, then I remember, because my dad had already given me dumbbells when I was like 10 or 11. And, you know, that was already the 80s. So you could mm. say that my bodybuilding journey started in the eighties and, but my real fascination really and took me to collecting in the nineties. And it started off with, I was at my friend's place. Now I'm like maybe 16. I'm fascinated with Arnold watching all the Arnold films, got some weights at home and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right. <laughs> um, early nineties. Terminator. Ignorance two. is bliss. Yeah. Yeah. So Terminator <laughs> two just come out and all that. And um, they're, they're actually sneaking in the bedroom and watching um, early internet pornos. <laughs> and I look down and, it, and under his bed is a, is a magazine from Arnold, right? With okay. Arnold on the cover. And he's flexing. 
right? With a dumbbell in his hand. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this this is a special on Arnold. It was one of those muscle and fitness specials, right? Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, can, I said, do you mind if I look at this? He's like, no, no, go for it. So I start flicking through the mag. I'm I'm flicking through the magazine. I'm like, oh my God, this is Arnold's life story here, you know? Yeah. And uh, how he got, you know, got to America, how he became a movie star. I'm like, man, do you want this mag? And he's like, yeah, it's magazine on Arnold. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Arnold's big back then, right? Even, even yeah, then. yeah. And I'm like, oh, damn. Oh, do you mind if I take it home and read it at least over the weekend? He's like, no, nah, that's okay. Just bring it back, you know, just bring it back. I'm like, all right. So I, I decided to not just take it over the weekend, but I went to the library and I photocopied it. Ah. Uh, <laughs> here it is. And there it is. It's your first. Uh... My, my first ever magazine. And there it is, the muscle and fitness on Arnold. <laughs> the photocopied my... version. And I made a book out of it, like super thick, because it's a magazine. So you can imagine. Yeah. All you the bound it. it. Yeah, I bound it and everything, right? It's got Arnold's. Oh, wow everything on him it's a full-on 90s mag i've got the original of course now but and that was probably on one of those you know top loading copy machines that must have taken you a while it took me like a couple of hours to do it shows your dedication you yeah and then i (laughs) i made a a book out of it like it's Mm -hmm. fully bound and everything i stuck (laughs) all the pages together it took me ages to do but uh, (laughs) yeah that's how it started and then that's how my fascination with uh, reading about the golden years started too, because mm. although I followed Arnold's programs, um, the frequency wasn't right. The volume wasn't right. I ended up hurting myself really bad. I actually had, um, I paralyzed my arm um, by wow. tearing the trapezius muscle. Okay. Um, it shut my arm down for six months. And I was like, there's something wrong here, you know? And yeah. And I found out Arnold took steroids and everything. I was like, hang on. What? I said, this can't be all just steroids. It's got to be something more. And I, I, I kind of looked online. When were the first steroids created? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're around, they kind of come in the game in the, in the 60s, right? And so I'm like, well, what about the pre-60s, the 50s, the 40s? How did they bodybuild then? Mm-hmm. And I started finding out about the writings of Stuart McRobert, who mm. wrote um, Beyond Braun. Braun, of course, his original publication, Beyond Braun, and all the other publications. And I was introduced to the 20 Rep Squat and, and the 5x5 five by, five by Reg Park and things like that. Mm. And I was like, okay, so who are these guys? And what can I learn from them? And that's how this, this whole thing started. I started building my collection over the years now i mean you can see that behind me but that's just my bound collection yeah i've got in the living room on one wall it's <laughs> all a bookshelf full of mags and the garage downstairs is an even larger library so um yeah it's it's been decades of of i guess uh me collecting and and accumulating all this knowledge and and the the channel started by me once being at work and there was this one guy that we used to talk because he, he was a big fan of Sly and okay. I'm a big fan of Arnold. And classic pairing. Yeah, classic pairing, right? So he's like, he, he's showing off his his uh, copy of of a Sly watch, right? Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I show him off, show off some uh, Arnold thing. And then once I go, oh, cool, I got this whole new set of Arnold mags. And he's like, 
you, you get a whole new collection every week. What are you going to do with it? <laughs> that was like, damn you. That's it's it. a good question. <laughs> and I was like, I'll show you. You know, and 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 I, and I decided to start a YouTube channel because, well, I saw that there was a lot of new channels. Um, at the time, Louis Marker was big. Uh, Nick Strength and Power was there, mm. and a couple of others. But I was a rather bit frustrated that there wasn't much coverage on the silver and bronze era, mm. a bit on the golden era. Um, not that the coverage was very good. Uh, I didn't think they were doing a good job, especially, um, I mean, Louis did, I think, a fantastic job covering the 80s and 90s, but I noticed some inaccuracies, you know, not to say anything too bad about Nick, but um, he, he was rather inaccurate in some things. And so I decided, you know, let, let me start a channel uh, based on all this information that really honors that that past and covers and, and uncovers to uh, a lot of uh, people that I guess are not known nowadays and, and the real pioneers of the sport. With that came a lot of uh, old school uh, bodybuilders that started contacting me going, you know, you're doing a really good job. And that's how the interviews began. I actually that's didn't... one of my favorite things are your interviews. I yeah. love like uh, one of the first ones are really just uh, I, I replayed. I listened a couple of times to Robbie Robinson and um, yeah. Your interviews are great. So they, I was going to ask that. I mean, what was the balance between being approached and approaching them? Well, I think the initial one was Don Howarth. And I was contacted by a, a friend of his who said, you know, I've got, uh, I found Don Howarth's number and I spoke to him and I think you should get in touch with him. I'm like, all right. He gives me the number. I called Don and Don's just on the phone hey man how you doing i'm like holy crap this is america <laughs> and i was yeah. a massive fan of don yeah that started then um I, I did a cover on a series on rich park and john john park emailed me mm. i was like what this is john john park and he's like you know you're the most accurate person uh that knows about my father besides me how do you find out all this information we started a collaboration so he doesn't have many of these mags so i I started scanning a lot of stuff for him and he started, we started exchanging information. We decided to collaborate and then things just blew up from there. I mean, you know, then I yeah. was interviewing everybody. So um, I'm, by the way, I'm bringing Robbie back. He's, he's back. Nice. And, very uh, cool. Very cool. Yeah, I, I thought his uh, in particular, the way he spoke about racial relations and things like that and how the kind of struggles he had in the gym and then different things. Um in the time and era that he was coming up in bodybuilding was just very interesting in a, a perspective, uh, you know, that you wouldn't naturally just know nowadays. So it, it was, um, or at least I wouldn't naturally know nowadays. And yeah, it was very interesting interview. Yeah. So it, uh, you know, a similar kind of thing happened with me with some equipment and things and people saying, Oh, well, the inventor of this, you should reach out to him and stuff like that. So it, it does just snowball, you kind of get rolling with things. So now you're doing these interviews, and you already gave kind of your your life in relation to Arnold movies. And we get up to I, I saw on your website, you're involved with Frank Zane documentary and some others, but then we get up to the Arnold documentary that was recently released on Netflix, the three parter. So how does that come about? Well, um, shortly after I started the channel, uh, Alex Ardenti from Ardenti Films got in touch with me. And um, he said, you know, I really like 
what you're doing. You've got a great collection. Do you mind um, using some of that collection, scanning some photos for me and, and being involved in some of these projects? So no, no, you know, so started helping him. And shortly after, um, Netflix just suddenly contacts me and they're like, we've seen your, your playlist on, on the early years of Arnold. I'm like, okay. And we want to base a series of Arnold's life on your playlist. I'm like, what? This is like freaking <laughs> Hollywood, right? Yeah. And they're like, and when I, we sat in a Skype meeting, I can't remember if I recorded, I, I can't find it anymore. Um, and I should have recorded it. It was so stupid if I haven't. And um, they basically told me that um, one of the producers didn't know that uh, she's really young. She didn't know that Arnold was a bodybuilder and, and, she, and oh she, put it, she put it really well. She's like, you know, you ask most people nowadays who Arnold is and you'll get either they don't know or they know he was a, a, the governor of California because that was, you know, 20 years ago till about uh, 14 years ago, more or less. And others that uh, more or less your age will remember, you know, that he was a, a movie star. And very few know that he was a bodybuilder. And she was like, I didn't know he was a bodybuilder. And he was a multi Mr. Universe and Mr. Olympia. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you covered the whole beginning of Arnold, every, everything from his very first competition to, um, you know, everything. And we want to know if you can uh, scan some of this stuff and, uh, you know, just help us out in this whole Netflix series. I'm like, sure, you know. And uh, they said, okay, well, you're going to meet the real producer, um, Craig Repath and the others. And um, we want you to put out your best of your best that you've got. So we're going to give you a week. You're going to go through your collection and get the best of your best out of Arnold and show us what you got. And so I showed them one of the, the very first uh, Arnold competition win from a German mag where he's, I think, uh, 1963. So he would be 15. It's the summer of 1963, uh, 15 to 16. And he won Mr. Uh, Junior Mr. Europe, which most people don't know. Um, and he also came third and fourth in two other, in three other competitions. And I showed him that and he's there flexing and all that later. Of course he wins Junior Mr. Europe and uh, decides to just go all out and came second in the universe to Chet Yorton in 66 in, in the NABBA, and everything took off after that. And I showed him the original mags or the original photos, especially the German mags. They were like, wow, we've never seen these before because, and you you understand German, they asked me, and say, yeah, so they <laughs> had an advantage here because they're all, they're all American. Yes. They, they needed someone within the Germanic countries I'm okay. in Switzerland, in between Austria and Germany. Mm. So right where Arnold was traveling to and from uh, Switzerland to Germany, uh, from Austria to Germany. Sure. And they wanted someone that could go to Graz, mm. where Arnold was born, and uh, provide them translation, contacts, videos, everything. So and you're so the perfect point of contact. Yeah. You have this collection, uh-huh. not only this collection, but you're located right where they need you to be. Yeah. So everything's coming together. Yeah, it just came perfectly. And and so that's how it started. And, and I started sending, initially it was going to be just like a help. Mm-hmm. 
but um, their archival researcher, she knew nothing. And I, I mean, nothing about Arnold. She didn't have a single mag and, and eventually they fired her. They said, well, she's useless. We don't need her. I was just going to ask, well, yeah. why was she their uh, archival researcher? They just well, gave her the job. She, well, she I mean, I guess there are people in that profession, maybe that yeah, yeah. she's she good at finding the information. Yeah. yeah. She, she was an archival researcher in other projects from what I understand. Yeah. And she, I remember her first email. I was like, I really look forward to working with you and can't wait to start exchanging information. And I was like, all right. And I think I sent her some things and I never heard back from her. That was it. Hmm. And, and a month or two in, I'd already sent hundreds of photos and articles and, and had started making contacts for the people here so that when they came to Austria, they could start getting the licenses for all these photos. Yeah. And in Germany. So I, I, can't, I knew many of the original photographers and friends of Arnold. So I could already organize all of this. At the end of the day, they said, look, Carlos, this girl, she's done nothing for us. In, yeah. in all, you're doing 100% of the work. Do you want to be the archival researcher for the project? I'm like, holy Christ. I'm like, sure, you know? Yeah, things are blown up. <laughs> My sign. And it's like, so they gave me the position, full, the full position. And I worked gotcha. for a couple of years. It was mostly just, you know. Well, uh, there's a couple little things to unpack there that I think are significant. One of which being the progression if you will that at first you're just helping out you're just you know yeah. there's not really a paycheck involved you're just you're just enthusiastic about this this is what you yeah. do this is what you love and you're just helping out yeah. and on one hand you're vulnerable you could get taken advantage of on the yeah. other hand you felt safe to do it and look where it led yeah, so yeah. you know it went in your favor yeah it did i mean mostly um I don't know if I got taken advantage of or not, but I did get paid for it, but it's not like yeah. it was a full-time job. It was, yeah. but I only ever do it on, on weekends and the channel suffered for that reason because I, I wasn't able to obviously produce as many videos as I was. And that's happened over the last couple of years because I was so uh, invested in this. I mean, at the same time, I'm doing a medical degree, so I can't take time off work at all. And so on weekends, I was really just full on focused on, on going through my collection mm -hmm. and, um, you know, scanning stuff for them. At times I went to Graz and, you know, I would also, yeah, it was just a lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. I, and I know the feeling, I mean, there's an ebb and flow with my videos that, you know, uh, months will go by that I won't have any type of weight restoration project yeah. because I'm working on more historical content or vice versa so yeah it's you only have so much so many hours in a day yeah exactly so, yeah. so that's the way it goes but I, I think it all comes together and you know bigger picture it's all in the same pursuit yeah. so then the other thing that stood out to me was the licensing that that's a piece that gets tricky and complicated that it's one thing to just have this magazine and say here you go guys this is a wonderful yeah. picture of Arnold when he was 15 years old, but it's another thing to try to track down who owns the rights to this picture That's because it's not just a YouTuber. It's a major company, Netflix, yeah. putting out this documentary. They want to do things correctly. Yeah. So well, they, what was that piece like in terms of licensing and things? That was hard. But the, the advantage, again, they had was that they knew me and I know the contacts because I've got all the Macs. So they would say, okay, who took this photo? Who took this photo? Do you know them? I said, yes. So I know a contact who knows them and I can reach out to the families or whatever, uh, if they've passed away. 
And so I did, of course, a lot of the, uh, I acted as a liaison for, for these people as well. Um, at times I had to just set the meetings up myself because I would be speaking to some guy in German. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, this was the other half of the work, which was actually quite time consuming calling. I had to call Austria, God knows how many times, um, because some of these photographers, photographers who passed away left their photos in archives, mm. libraries, and, and pass on the copyrights to, to certain groups. I see. Um, and so I would need to contact like they, them. Uh, in their wills, they bequeath them to a certain yeah. library or to like my, my, my work is now owned by this library. Yeah. So then you'd have to contact the library. And it was, it was, I wouldn't say a headache, but it was a lot of, uh, yeah. work, you know, a lot of work to track a lot of this stuff down. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it, especially when it all came to the German stuff, hmm. the American stuff is, is well published. And, and a lot of the guys that, that took those photos are still alive. The other half, their families are, so they could reach out to them. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it was am, my, am I correct? Uh, am I correct to assume that there's probably a, a big divide between when Arnold came over with Weeder and beforehand? Yeah, yeah. Because it, I mean, once he's over here in the United States with Joe Weeder and Weeder Publications, that, I mean, yeah, that's that's, ac that's accessible. That's easy. But prior to that, mm. it could be anyone and everyone, and yeah. on a small scale, large scale, who knows? As he's coming up through the ranks and as he's building his career. Well, that's the thing. Uh, the initial photos of Arnold were actually taken by um, the group that he trained with in Austria. All his school friends. And okay. um, the friends from Athletic uh, Union Graz, so they owned, they were owned by the families or the those photographers that are still alive or their sons or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, um, and but that's the part that was really focused on in the first series because you can actually see that in in the first half an hour or so, uh, there's a major focus on his time in Austria, right? And they kind of, once he beats Sergio, they just kind of fast forward, you know, because it's all covered in pumping iron anyway, right? It so is. They fast forward through, you know, they, they start listing all his initial wins and mm -hmm. failures. And then once he wins that first um, universe, you know, mm -hmm. he's still kind of involved here in, in, um, in Europe. And then when he wins the first Olympia against Sergio after losing, it's just really fast forward that, 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 that you know, he wins. He says it in the end, you know, he got kind of sick of, of being cha world champion. God knows 13, 14, 15 times already. Yeah. The, the challenge wasn't there. Yeah. Um, he says it in the, and he was looking for a new yeah. challenge and they kind of fast forward all that bit because everybody knows that he was a multi, um, multi uh, winning champion. And, um, but really it's those bits between Austria and, and America that, want that the uh, producers really wanted to uncover i guess that's something i haven't said in my own video but i'm glad you're, you're bringing all that up because that really was the difficulty in this project um arnold is all the way in america you have mm -hmm. to understand he's you know turning 76 this year and um the fact that they had me fortunately you know someone young someone that's currently uh in this because of my channel um gave them i guess that opportunity to to have someone with a fresh mind and, and all the resources to actually um bring all this to light and for that i'm grateful that i was part of that so yeah 
Yeah, it, it really, um, it's interesting to me to hear that background because personally, I mean, people might feel different and not like that they sort of fast forwarded through that era, but personally, I like that. Like what you were talking about, about the first series and listeners, if you don't know the Arnold documentary, it's simply just titled Arnold and it's on Netflix and it's three parts and it's divided between the different eras, if you will, of his life and which would be bodybuilding and then as an actor and then as a politician and primarily Carlos worked on the bodybuilding section, that series. And I like that because I, I knew the least about that time in his life. I knew some from watching your videos and from watching other videos and from reading books and things. I, I knew some of it, but there were little tidbits, little pieces here and there that I didn't know that still just kind of perked my curiosity, if you will. And the photographs, the videos, seeing his childhood home, things like that, uh, I think are worth a watch because yeah. it, just the notion a lot of people think that do know that he was a bodybuilder that oh joe weeder discovered him which you could view it that way but from what perspective discovered him and that's why it's interesting to see who were his coaches who were who were the people in his life where did he go where did he live what did he do yeah well that's a a misconception actually i'm glad you mentioned that. there's a couple of things i want to say um I'll, I'll touch on that and then i'll touch on arnold's home because there's a lot you learn by going to his home, which I've done twice now. Um, Weeder didn't discover him. Actually, believe it or not, uh, Bob Hoffman did. A lot of people don't know that. The first yeah. actual American cover of Arnold, I believe, is, um, well, it's not even Bob Hoffman's. It's actually uh, Rio H. Blair. Okay. Who put him on the cover of, um, well, what's it called? It's a red magazine. And I just can't think of the name right now. I think, oh yeah, Tomorrow's Man. Tomorrow's Man. Tomorrow's Man. Okay. And it was of, of Arnold when he lost the 66 universe. Mm. And that um that that month or, or a few weeks later, Bob Hoffman puts him on the cover of Muscular Development. And John Grimmick, who was apparently at the 66 universe, told Bob Hoffman, look, there's this big Austrian kid, I think he's a sensation. Mm -hmm. Bob Hoffman shrugged it off. He said, ah, whatever. I'm not oh. going <laughs> to. Very stupid of Bob. Yeah, yeah. Ed Schusterich, who was a, I think, a German or Austrian bodybuilder who worked for Weeder, was also there and was telling, or or was was he, I think he, he, he either found out about Arnold because he was a scout for Weeder in Europe, or he was told about Arnold. I think he was told about Arnold by the people in Munich. And he uh, apparently went then to see Arnold at the 66 and then told Weida, you got to bring this Austrian over. <laughs> and um, so Weida kind of went, oh, all right, let, let's try it out. And when he met him, he realized, you know, this is the future of bodybuilding. And he was, because at the time, Draper was starting to get away from bodybuilding um, that's why he moved to Sergio, but apparently, you know, I don't want to say anything bad, but I don't know the, the relationship between Sergio and, and Weida wasn't great. Uh, Sergio was a bit of a rebel. Weida was looking for someone that was a opportunistic and really want with drive and confidence. And, mm -hmm. and Sergio was, Sergio was like, you know, you don't give me the money or I won't hold your protein can. Right. Yeah. And so, 
Um, when he found Arnold young, eager, and driven, mm. he, he he took it. But that's the actual story of 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 our Arnold. Well, I mean, in addition to just shaping bodybuilding as we know it and dominating it, Arnold was that pitch man that yeah. Weeder wanted, clearly. I mean, I, I have plenty behind me here. I don't have the archives you have behind <laughs> you, but behind me in the bottom of my rack, I have a magazine collection that's growing and in the older muscle and fitness magazines. I mean, you see you flip through the pages and there's Arnold with a arm blaster and there's Arnold with supplements. There's Arnold with everything you can imagine. So it's uh, I mean, even clearly the, he fit the bill of what Weeder was looking for. Even to this day, he's, um, he's just always promoted bodybuilding. And um, I was watching a little bit of pumping iron today because I'm preparing my interviews with Ken Waller and getting some footage from Ken there, just little snippets. Um, and just, Again, listening to what Arnold has to say about bodybuilding in the first chance that he ever really could, it just says it all. Like at, during the 70s, he had many interviews. And, and of course, in the 77 uh, film of Pumping Iron, he had, he had the opportunity to start presenting bodybuilding. And you can really see how he's he's talking positively about it and, and really trying to introduce it to, to the Western world because, as we all know, it was relatively unknown then. And that never changed. You know, that never changed. He's always pushed bodybuilding. So he's definitely the, one of the best ambassadors ever. Yeah. And I mean, that plays into the other parts of the series, how he goes into acting, goes into being a politician. He just has that charisma, that thing about him and the way with words and presence. Yeah. Now, when it comes to working with the documentary, did you have any interaction with Arnold? Did you get to no. interact at all or anything like that? Because that would be the dream, right? Well, that would be. Yes and no. I'll say yes and no. Um, um, I shouldn't be showing this, but let me show you something. <laughs> um, I uh, hang on. I, I gotta get. I gotta get my whoever's tapping back there. I gotta get that to stop. Just give me. <laughs> my children really... are running around upstairs, so uh, you know. Just give it's... Me a second. No, <sighs> take your time, because uh, usually. I record at night after my children are in bed, but because of the time difference here between Switzerland and the United States, it is early morning and I'm drinking my coffee still and my children are running amok upstairs. All right, sorry. No, no problem. You can just delete that out. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I spoke through the entire thing. I might just leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so... Uh... When um, they were going to shoot the scene with Arnold, uh, with the magazine, I don't know if you remember it. I do. Um, oops. There's, um, he's holding that blue health and, uh, health and strength mag from the UK with Reg Park on the cover, right? And um, I was uh, told, Carlos, you know, you, oh, here it is. You need to bring your magazines to, Germany, to to Austria because we're going to start filming uh, some clips here for the Arnold series. This was back in, I think, around COVID time. And um, we want you to bring some stuff over. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I don't know if I can. I'm, I'm working and all this. And, um, you know, you just they said it's next week. I'm like, Jesus, I, you know, I have to tell work and everything. And, <laughs> And um, instead, I said, no, look, I just can't get away from work. 
you got to give me way more notice than this. And um, it, it really kills me because Arnold is there, you know, oh. so I wanted to meet him and I would have gotten to meet him properly, not oh, no. take his hand for 10 seconds and take a photo. No, he was there. He was at home getting filmed. He was around oh. Graz. Everything. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> I know. I would. I, I could have spent like a week with him, and it just kills me. To, oh. to know that well, that's the way it shakes out sometimes. But, yeah. But um, I'll just cover my my the the faces of my kids. Yeah. I went to his home, and I'm very good friends with um with his school friend Peter, who owns mm. the museum. And I took a photo with Peter and my family, and Arnold did this instead. He oh, signed it. Very he cool. Signed the photo of me with uh, Peter. Um, and it's not the first time he signed a photo for me. So he knows who I am. Let's put it that way. But that's uh, uh, such a great memory, like a memento yeah. from this time. It's your family. It's his friend. And it's outside his home. So Outside I, his home. Yeah, yeah I've got to put that up here because uh, that's pretty awesome. So Arnold, in a way, has thanked me uh in, in the, i guess the only way he could um by by at least doing that for me and and i really appreciate it you know so arnold, cool. if you're listening thank you for signing the photo <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what if arnold's listening to my podcast that's uh, a pretty amazing feat itself but <laughs> you never know what'll happen you never know what people will pass on to other people and i just like you mentioned various you know just kind of things that shocked you in the short time i've been doing this i've been blessed to like befriend certain people and get to know certain people that uh you know it just i never would have imagined and it's almost magical in a way you don't predict these things are going to happen but you just kind of follow what you're passionate about and what you like yeah. and those mementos uh i say it often that in my gym and the collection of weights i have and things the most valuable ones are not the ones that someone might pay x amount of dollars for the most valuable ones are the ones with a story ones that yeah. have something behind it there's a lot of autographed pictures floating around of arnold schwarzenegger like this for me exactly <laughs> i don't know what this photocopied magazine might be but that for you personally means the world we because of all this as a teenager in that room at your buddy's house you saw that magazine and, and if it wasn't for that kicked I it off be, i wouldn't be archival researcher for arnold you know, exactly. So, that was the that was the beginning. That's yeah. extraordinary. Extraordinary. So when it gets into um, working on this, that's another, I think, significant thing to point out is that you just mentioned some of this traces back. We're talking 2020. So three years ago, yeah. this isn't like, a, OK, I worked on this and now this documentary comes out. So three to four years ago, this is all being put together. You're working on this. What was the time like? I mean, trying to keep that under wraps and uh, because such an exciting thing for you. So then how long was it about three years that you had to just kind of yeah, yeah. keep quiet about this? Yeah, yeah. I was told not to say a damn word. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That must have been torture. <laughs> torture. Oh. Uh, it was torture because I was busting to talk about it, but I wasn't allowed to. You know, Again, going to Graz and everything and taking photos and all that, I, I and I wanted to show people that I'd been at the home, which I wanted to say anyway. Um, but yeah, I had to like, just, just keep all this a secret until um, I guess all the licensing and all of the hell was, I don't know, all the stuff was done. That, that, yeah. Yeah. You know, they had to produce it and, 
and they we weren't allowed to, to say a peep. And that's why the moment, oh. moment that Arnold finally said it on his um, Instagram a week before, it was actually June, I still remember. I was like, oh my God, I, I talked to me, <laughs> the producers. I'm like, it's coming out. And like, yeah, yeah, it's coming out this, in, in, in two weeks. I'm like, Jesus, you got me. <laughs> Am I allowed to am I, am I allowed to finally post? Unless, yes, yeah. go I'm like yes, finally. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, your post. I, I read it. I was like, oh, this is incredible. I I, I know of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it was like that. But um, but yeah. Oh, I, that's great. I wanted to talk about Arnold's home. And I think that's yeah, uh, please do. So I planned I've I've been there twice. Once uh earlier this year and actually, yeah, twice this year. Once very early this year and and um during one of my short holidays and and another one that my wife had given me a a present my birthday present was to actually go to the museum and stay you know several days in Graz and so I had met Peter that first time because um Graz is a really small area and uh, a very important person had passed away from Arnold's life and it was um uh, anyway, we'll just uh, say that and so I went okay. I was invited to go to the funeral because I, I knew this person and I um went to the funeral I was one of the first people there and I was hoping Arnold would turn up which he didn't um, and Peter turns up a little bit later and this time I didn't know Peter and Peter uh, found out that this some Swiss guy here that came to see you know to, to say pay his respects so peter and, he, and he's gone to the museum they said so peter apparently just drops everything <laughs> and rushes back to the museum and in walks peter i'm like i know this guy i just put my hand out i'm like i know you and he's like you're the swiss guy i'm like <laughs> yeah he's like thank you for coming i'm peter erdl you know uh, Arnold's school friend and the curator of this museum I'm like I knew I knew you and so <laughs> we hit it off um, we went to lunch together and there was um, Arnold's school friends and so I was naturally put amongst them and we're all talking and and they're sharing the most funniest stories of Arnold and we're just oh man at the Tal River at the Tal Lake sorry at the Tal Lake where Arnold used to train right mm -hmm. A nice restaurant there. I highly recommend people go if you go to to see the Arnold uh, Arnold's home, which is now the Arnold Schwarzenegger Museum. There's a really nice restaurant uh, just at the Tal Lake. It's really good food, and I sat there, uh, you know, admiring the Tal Lake, just imagining Arnold rowing there and then doing his push-ups and chin-ups <laughs> with with his friends. You know, it's just a, a hell of a time. And so Peter says to me, "Come back, and I'll give you a personal tour." from from a person that 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 you know that knows this home that made this museum like oh my god how it's can a great I opportunity yeah I went back and I did a little mini documentary with him and not only did he show me the house but he showed me the attic and and the the, the keller everything he could you know and um he was a great guy and again he was sharing all these stories with us in photos and stuff and and so but what I I guess what I'm trying to say is that going to Arnold's home and by the way um you see in the museum the original equipment that Arnold trained with right mm. and this is something really important because when you actually see the movie if you don't uh, the series the first series the first episode where you see 
these little kids doing chin-ups, uh, push-ups on the floor. And, and then there's a, a teenage Arnold curling and, and training. Sure. That's actually in Arnold's home. And I know because of, oh. and he's actually using all of Arnold's weights. He's actually, that's weight. very cool. That's something for, for everyone that that's watched it. And is yeah. watching all of that part was filmed in Graz, in Tal, in, in Arnold's wow. home. So that was authentic. That's authentic. Recreation. Yeah. They really wanted to do the best they could. And I mean, that says a I'm lot. Telling you, they went down to details and I was going through these details with them. I mean, we really tried to bring the most authentic experience possible. So people could really see how Arnold trained and everything he did. And that's, and, and Arnold says it perfectly when he's narrating it, mm-hmm. but the imagery you're seeing is genuine. So just so people know, right? That's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, what I wanted to say is that you get this feeling of when I went, when I went to Graz, the first thing I thought to myself was like, oh my God, I want to, I, I can see why Arnold wanted to get out of here. That was the first thing that went through my mind. <laughs> it's, it's a little city. I mean, mm-hmm. it's much bigger now. It, really in the middle of nowhere in, in, in Austria, in this little corner, bottom, the southeast corner of Austria. And sure, it's beautiful. There's Alps and, and all that stuff there and forests. And, but his little town of Tal is like uh, 15 minutes from the main center by car. And it's just this, yeah, it's just a bunch of homes with farmland and a lake. There's nothing there. There's, there's yeah. no shops. There's, there's absolutely nothing. And and uh, you can tell why he just wanted to get out. And anyone that's driven would just want to get the hell out of there. Yeah, that sounds like a peaceful life and a wonderful life for a lot of people. But in the documentary in Arnold, he speaks again and again. It's a reoccurring refrain of vision, that he has this vision, vision, vision. So for someone like him, probably stood out to you like, whoa, this is yeah. this is why thing, he wanted to leave. Yeah. The other thing is his house. Like it's this old 200 now, maybe 250 years old house. Very big. Wow. But, you know, when I'm with Peter there, he's like, you know, Arnold didn't live. This wasn't his whole house. It's only the top floor that was his house. I'm like, what? Uh-huh. He was the kitchen, a really small kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, Arnold and Meinhardt shared a bedroom, which was also the office of his father. So oh, these guys, okay. I mean, we're talking really restricted space, yeah. no privacy, right? Yeah. The, the only bedroom was only one bedroom, then that was shared by his father and his mother. Mm. The toilet was a closet, like literally, like a, a, a normal sized closet with a hole in it. Wow. Right? I really learned the, the, you know, just the rudimentary life that Arnold had here and why the hell he just wanted to get out. Now imagine that yeah. having an abusive father mm-hmm. that's just broken from the war, right? Mm-hmm. It broke my heart. And as, as Arnold says in, in the series, and, but you can see why in a person that was more tougher, like Arnold, it developed a, incredible uh, fire and and, and desire just just walking in his footsteps and seeing all of that um, even the lake itself was a release for Arnold it was only just like literally a a, a five minute not even a couple of minute walk from his house but that's why he was so obsessed with it 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 offered Mm -hmm. him a release from the tyranny he was facing at home 
and the suppression that he had, right? And and you you get this feeling like you know, and there's there's a little hill there, um, at at the lake where they built a chin-up bar. It's between two trees, and, <laughs> and there's, a, there's a sign saying there, "This is where Arnold trained." And so everybody that walks past there does chin-ups. So I did my chin-ups too. That's yeah, that's incredible. So, <laughs> that's I would thing. do it. There's a this area, even though it's uh, not a gym, mm -hmm. you can see that you know it's there's no grass there because it's been stepped over a, a million times by Arnold and God knows who else. Yeah. And just knowing that that's where Arnold started, right? You start getting this, you can start going through maybe his own feelings and, and thoughts because you've, you've just been to his house. You've seen how restricted his life was. And um, yeah, I mean, Tal was already a release. Then going to Graz was an even bigger release to the athletic union. And, and yeah, you know, I've been to Munich as well, which was his first major big city. Mm -hmm. And you also go, whoa, when you go to Munich, you know, it's just huge. And yeah, I mean. Well, it was probably, you know, it's interesting to look at it through the lens of Arnold. Yeah, the I mean. difference between the small town, yeah. this, this little house to yeah. whoa look what i'm in now and and you they speak about that i'm hitting my coffee <laughs> they speak about that in the and arnold speaks about that in the documentary yeah that, but having seen those things myself yeah. i can this is what i mean like you can understand where that hunger came from everyone says that arnold yeah. had dog in him and he does mm -hmm. because he was you know he was probably beaten like one as a kid and yeah he had that really you know harsh upbringing i mean harsh was, brutal <laughs> upbringing the playground was that bloody ruined castle at the back of his at the at, uh, across the, his house i've seen it yes a, a thousand year old ruin right with cobwebs and, and god knows when it's going to fall down that's actually you... i paused it i was watching it alone and i paused it and i called my wife and i was like you have to see this like he played at this like castle yeah. <laughs> it really just goes to show like as i said you know, a lot of people, as I said, people say that he's got this dog in him and he does. This is why he's been so successful. Um, and me, I can understand in, in many ways that. And once um, I interviewed George Helmer, mm -hmm. and he was telling me about Steve Reeves, how he also started off. His father dies when he's really young. He's brought up by his mother. They're going from place to place, you know, at some point starving. And he also developed this hunger right steve reeves and eventually the opportunities came for him and he just starts thinking more calculating um and george told me you know carlos um when he heard my own story how i came like i come from peru from lima but not the center of lima where the rich people were i come from two hours north on the base of the andes mountains from all like you know you would call these areas if you look at them you would say they're like the brazilian favelas right there uh okay we're, we're talking tin and cardboard homes right yeah yeah that's what i remember as a kid wow and you develop this dog in you this yeah. this thing that never dies you're always hungry like arnold always says mm -hmm. and george said to me you know i didn't know that's where you came from you know and now i'm in switzerland now which is a <laughs> well, completely different I mean, way different to where yeah, i started right yeah, and he's yeah. you know steve just like you had to had to go through a lot of difficulties and and george told me you know steve would have liked that from you and he said to me um steve believes that you can only truly be successful if you've gone through suffering mm 
Hmm. And I see that through what I've seen from Arnold's life. And that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to compare myself to him or to Steve Reeves or anything. I'm only no, giving no, it's a... a taste of, of, um, of my own experience. Sure. And, and having also seen Arnold's, uh, you know, seen Arnold's start to life, I can understand having started off also in a very poor and, and difficult uh, upbringing. Mm-hmm. I can understand the dog in him is all I'm saying, you know, and, and, and when you see that, and I highly encourage fans to go out and make that pilgrimage because it is, I would difficult love that. To get to, it is difficult to get to, to Graz, mm-hmm. um, but to really understand him and why he has basically had three lifetimes in one. And now is almost having a fourth being this kind of, you know, elder statement, as you call him, or, or I, you know, now it's four lives in one, for God's sake. Exactly. I was going to say they, they could probably make another Arnold <laughs> because I, I mean, even just his pet donkey that he has. I mean, there's this whole other kind of persona now. Yeah, there is. That he has cultivated that. I, I mean, my children know that, that my children, because of me and my pursuits, they know who he was. But if you had to ask one of my children, they'd point out his donkey they they love lulu <laughs> and uh lulu and yeah. whiskey lulu and whiskey they love and yeah, yeah. now he's, he's become this he, he receives so much from life now he just gives right? yeah he does the after school programs mm-hmm. special olympics for disabled people mm-hmm. the um the climate change uh summit in austria which i've been invited to i didn't go this year because of work but again another opportunity lost not meeting arnold there and um yeah, he just does, does so much now, you know. Um, Absolutely. You know, a lot of people with a very short sight will point fingers and say, you know, yeah, they, you know, you hear the typical quote, screw your freedom and misquoting Arnold, I have to say. And yeah. sure, Arnold, uh, I'll say in that regard, I don't agree with either with, with what, with Arnold's stance on, on the whole uh, mm-hmm. pandemic, let's say, mm-hmm. um, even though I'm a medical scientist and, and even worked on, on COVID itself. Mm-hmm. uh in 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 my own research um i don't agree with his stance or his stance maybe maybe he doesn't agree with himself either now but uh during the time uh he was pushing for mm-hmm. that narrative like many of us were i was mm-hmm. in a way as well but if you only focus on that you're missing the big picture is all i got to say you know because arnold has contributed yeah. to life and to our culture for several decades and to those people I, I really feel sorry for them because if you're that bitter then yeah it's, it's not well there's a lot of um <laughs> there's a lot of people I admire that certain aspects of their life maybe weren't that admirable yeah but the bigger picture as you're saying uh, is yeah. what I admire about them what I know about them yeah. and if I learn about something you know it's uh it's up to everyone to kind of decide where they stand on certain issues and where they stand on uh, the ethics of certain things, but the bigger picture in Arnold's case is extraordinary in my opinion. Thank you for watching Vintage Weights PGH. Please support the channel by purchasing apparel through the link in the description or at www.vintageweightspgh.com. Old weights, new gains, and lift history shirts are printed on high quality next level t-shirts and they are available in multiple sizes and color options. Thank you for supporting the channel.